I've got a, a little bit of a context for this morning. And uh, I'm looking at some of our leadership team guys uh, that I actually spoke to during the week uh, about what the plan was for this morning. But um, I, if I can get kind of prophetic for a moment, uh, a little bit bold, a little bit outside of my comfort zone. I've, uh, I've been saying a lot that this year is going to be a year of growth, a year of development, a year of uh, taking steps of faith. Um, I really feel in my heart this morning, I feel that I should share a message on the believer's authority. Uh, it's what we've been actually sharing during our devotional content for the past couple of weeks. If you've been tuning into the, uh, to the morning live stream at seven o'clock. Uh, but the background to that is I was supposed to start a brand new series this morning uh, that we, I think I touched on last week on light. But uh, I actually wasn't going to start that series this morning. We were going to stream a message from Pastor Mike uh, in North End. But I really just felt during the last you know, a couple of minutes during worship, guys, that I'd need to share this word. I feel like it's something that I can't get away from no matter how much I try. Uh, so if it's okay with you, I'm gonna just dive into that this morning. Could you guys just bear with me or be with me or celebrate me or shout at me, whatever you wanna do. But I'm gonna do my best to share a word with you that I really feel the Lord has placed on my heart for us this morning as a community. Is that okay? Amen. So, oh, Rob's still gonna join me. Are we gonna have keys throughout the whole worship? No, I'm joking, we're not one of those. No, it's okay. Do you mind if I just grab this uh, lectern quickly? Ah, thank you, Dill. I know I need to gym, but uh, it'll be awkward with the phone in my hand. I can get, no, it's perfect. So um, I, I really, okay, <laughs> thanks, Rob. I'll, I'll use the chair for, for um, when it gets heavy. No, I'm joking. It's not going to be a heavy message at all. But um, I've been saying for quite a while that this year, it really is going to be about breaking up um, fellow ground. I touched on that last week. That was part of our Vision Sunday conversation, where I feel like the Lord is stirring us to trust Him in new ways, to open up those areas in our lives that were previously uh, lifeless, if you want to use that term, that were um, hindered from growing. There wasn't fruitfulness there. And I feel like the Lord is stirring us up as a community, perhaps even globally as a church, to you know, dig up that ground, to trust Him for something new, to open those areas again and trust Him. Really trusting for something supernatural to happen. It's not just about having a good encounter uh, with or experience with God like I was praying just now. It's about having a transformation encounter with Him, not just an experience. And so for me, this is me putting my own theory into practice. Uh, I'm really trusting the Lord for this word this morning. And it's amazing that it's actually happened a few times in the other Father's House churches as well over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Pastor Israel in Cape Town also the other week just really felt like he needed to share something. So production team... Um, I've sent you some verses. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna give you guys a moment. Don't worry, I'm still gonna do a bit of an introduction, but that's where we're gonna be going this morning. And as a bit of a context, our conversation in devotions, if you've been tuning in, you would have, you would have seen it. It's, it's been called The Believer's Authority. And the whole series has been devoted to the idea of unpacking what it, what it is that we have received in Christ. What have we actually received in Him? You know, we are told to pray in the Lord's Prayer that, uh, Father, your will be done on earth as it, as it is in heaven. Who wants to recite the Lord's Prayer for 15,000 heaven points and a free cappuccino? No, I'm joking. I won't, I won't, I won't make you guys do that. But it ends with your, you know, the whole thing of in Jesus' name. That's how, we, that's how we pray. You've been taught to pray in Jesus' name. We've cast out demons in Jesus' name. The disciples healed people in Jesus' name. So it's not in our authority. It's in His authority that we do these things. But what does that mean? What does it mean to exercise your authority? You know, I must be honest, when I heard that term previously, uh, kind of in my, own, in my early Christian journey, in my early walk, this, this, this term of exercising authority seemed quite harsh to me. I always understood it in the, in the, in the context of, you know, 
someone that's, you know, exercising his authority over other people to kind of get his, his or her own way. You know, I demand that this happens. I'm the one in charge. It's my authority. This is what's going to happen because I say so. You know, the classical dictator kind of picture was one that was in my mind. And I suppose it's largely because that's what I saw in, in you know, a lot of worldly leaders around us. But it was only really until I understood what exercising authority means in the biblical context that I really started embracing this as part of the call that you and I have as followers of Christ. You know, we're not just called to exist in the world. Amen. We're not just called to, to just be in the world, to be present, to, you know, just carry on with our day-to-day lives, our Monday through Sunday living, and, you know, just fit in with the culture around us. We're called to stand out and influence the culture around us and be kingdom citizens in the world. Can you say amen to that? You know, I believe that society is better when the church gathers to worship. Society is better. Schools are better when there are believers exercising their authority in the schools, not in a dictator kind of way, but in the way which you're going to discover in Scripture in just a moment. I believe that companies, societies function better and are healthier when you and me, believers, step out in our God-given authority and bring about a kingdom change in the world around us. Amen. We know what it's like. I'm sure you've been to many companies and schools and organizations where it kind of felt harsh or maybe there was this atmosphere of tension and there was something. And I really believe that you and I have been called, especially this year as we reflect on Vision Sunday, to go into those spaces, to, be, to, to, to produce fruit where you are planted, to grow where you are planted, to use the authority we have in Jesus' name in your sphere of influence to make a difference. To say, hey, you know what? Maybe this is how the world has showing you that we should treat staff. But let me tell you what Scripture says. Let me show you the example of how Jesus treats people. This is how it works. And maybe this is how the world says you raise a family. This is how you set boundaries in a family. Maybe, you know, you've got a certain way of thinking, but let me show you what Scripture says, how Scripture guides us in terms of what it means to live our lives with biblical principles. Things like honor, things like forgiveness, things like humility, because I can tell you now, according to Scripture, that these things work. Yes, they're difficult and they're not easy, but they work. Anyone want to say amen that Christ-like principles work in the world, yeah? And so it becomes very important when we start understanding this, this call that we have, that we step out not in our own names, that we step out in the name of Jesus who has called us. And Matthew 28 is one of the first places where we kind of see how this plays out. I'm sure most of us that have been around church circles for a while could probably repeat this verse. It's known as the Great Commission. Yeah, this is Jesus' final instructions to his disciples before he goes back to heaven to live to intercede for us, as Scripture says. And this is what he says. He says, and Jesus came, to, came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Just pause there for a moment, guys. Can everyone say the word? I know this is cheesy and, you know, we hate doing this in church, but could you please repeat the words, all authority? All authority. Just pause there for a moment. By implication, what is Jesus saying? All authority has been given to me. How much is left? So here's a deep question. When uh, Christians say, oh, the enemy is attacking me, the enemy is causing chaos in my life, the enemy is destroying things. Does he really have the authority? 
all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's Jesus talking. So actually, what the enemy is trying to do is destroy you, but what he can actually do is just distract you. (laughs) That's why James says the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's not a roaring lion. We have the lion of Judah on our side. (laughs) The devil is like a roaring lion. He's trying to make a lot of noise, you know, scare you, look intimidating, but he doesn't have the authority. Because all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Christ. I feel like there's something there. (laughs) There's something there that we could do well to bear in mind. Not only when we step out in our calling and, and try and take kingdom territory for God and live as kingdom citizens, but also when it comes to resisting the enemy. We know James says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Yeah. You resist him in his name because all authority has been given to Christ. And that's whose name you are standing in. He goes on to say, go therefore, all authority has been in heaven and on earth has been given to me, so you go and make disciples of all, na- of, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And then as we know, he ends with this wonderful promise, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We could literally camp on just that one verse and spend a lot of time there because of how powerful it is. You know, Jesus is saying, go and do these things because my presence is with you. Go and do these things because all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me and I'm giving that to you. I'm extending my authority to you. That's a really, really powerful concept. And it's one that, I don't know about you, but it really fuels me when we think about the plans and the purposes that God has placed before us for this year. Even right now in this moment, I, for the first time, I think in seven years of being in ministry, felt this overwhelming sense that I needed to share this message. I did not prepare this message at all. I spoke on it during devotions on Tuesday, but I felt the Lord saying, trust me. You know, like when you get that, that, those words that keep playing over in your mind, it doesn't matter how much you try and drown or not, it just gets louder. Saying, trust me, trust me. I'm like, are you talking to, to someone else, Lord? I mean, who, who's that for? He's like, no, it's for you. Trust me, just trust me. All authority. It's not in your name. It's not in your strength. It's not for your glory. Yeah? This is not about us looking, making ourselves look good. This is about together making Christ who gave us the authority look good. Can you say amen to that? So church, this morning, um, having set that kind of context, I feel like Mark here, not being able to unlock my phone. Um, I love that, those moments. So you just went back to paper, just just beautiful. Find your unique style and sit with it. Um, I want to share a verse from 2 Peter chapter 1 and then draw three very, very simple steps Three very, very um, easy ways or, or, or aspects of what God's authority means for us as, you, as, as, as believers and how we exercise that authority. And kind of the basis for this message is going to be from this particular verse. And it's one of my personal favorites in all of Scripture. In fact, I often pray this verse in prayers because of how beautiful these words are. Uh, and it says this from the ESV translation. It says, May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and and of Jesus our Lord. You know, always start the letters with this kind of greeting. And then he says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Just keep it there for a moment, guys. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness, some translations say. Whose power? Jesus' power has given us all things. See that same principle playing, uh, playing, playing out? According to this verse, we lack nothing 
in Christ to live a holy life pleasing to him. We lack nothing. His divine power has given to us or granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. We lack nothing in Christ. There is no obstacle you will face in your spiritual journey that you cannot overcome because of what you have received in Christ. There is no task that is insurmountable because of the divine power that has been given to you in Christ Jesus. There is no situation that you and I will experience as believers in this lifetime that we cannot move through and become victorious over because of God's divine power that has been given to us. Amen? Kind of makes you think about things, doesn't it? Verse goes on to say, through the knowledge of him. We have been given these these wonderful things through the knowledge of Jesus who called us. Jesus called us. You know, we often, often sit, you know, sit and think, God, am, am I where I'm meant to be? You know, is this, a, is this where you want me in my life? And according to this verse, God has called us to his own glory and excellence. Oh, man, we're not living for ourselves as believers. We're living for God's purpose. We're living for God's glory. Have you ever wondered what your ultimate purpose is? What the reason is that you're here on this earth? It's to bring God glory. It's to worship him. That's it. That's it. That's the sum total of the human existence is to worship God, to to bring glory to his name. That's it. And so what does that mean for our careers? Well, it means that instead of worshiping your career, you worship God with your career. Instead of worshiping position, you worship God with your position. Instead of worshiping God with, instead of worshiping finances, you worship God with your finances. Instead of worshiping or becoming, uh, you know, happy and accepting your insecurities, you worship God with your insecurities and watch how he makes you whole again. Man, just, just go, back, go, go back to this verse, which, uh, through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his very precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. And God sets us free from a life of sin and invites us into a life by the Spirit. And it's not in our own strength, friends. It's according to His divine power that is, He's given us these wonderful promises. You know, it's amazing when we realize the implications of this verse that God has given these things to us. It's not the devil's to take away. <laughs> I think I shared this during the Advent message, but the enemy can't, Take something that doesn't belong to him. You own that. God has given it to you. That's why Jesus says, my joy would be in you. They say, oh, the devil's taken my joy. No, he's not. You've just, you've just allowed him to, you've just, you've just given some of it away. It's not his to take, it's yours to own. Because it's been given to you by Christ Jesus and he has all authority. He can keep that which he has promised you. So this morning, I hope I'm just giving us a little bit of a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of motivation, a little bit of clarity in terms of recognizing our position as children of God, the authority that we have in His name, these very great and very precious promises, His divine power that is for us so that when we wake up tomorrow and we go into our sphere of influence, we don't go in there defeated. We don't go in there being influenced. We don't go in there defeated or discouraged or, or disappointed. We go in there as kingdom citizens. We go in there to influence, to bring about a change, to see the world transformed, to bring people to an encounter with God. Amen? 
And so having said that, knowing that now we have received these promises, knowing that we have Christ's authority on us, let's look at three very, very simple ways, three simple steps that we can exercise this authority. The first one, and I've kind of touched on it just now in this verse, but we need to learn as believers that we have access. The points won't be up on the screen. We have access to these things. You know, it's amazing to, to kind of think that we have heavenly treasures. We have these spiritual blessings in Christ and some of us never access them. We kind of just sit there with them. You know, we sit there with this information of, yes, the Lord has blessed me with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ Jesus, as Ephesians says. We have these wonderful promises and we sit there with them in our heads as information. But part of the message that I want to share with you this morning is for that information in your, in your head to go to revelation in your heart. And you need to know this morning that you have access to those things by the Holy Spirit. No one sitting in this room, no one in Christ is disqualified from receiving the promises, the resources that he has made available. You often get asked this question, oh, you know what, Lloyd, um, I'm not good enough, man. I'm not good enough to become a Christian. You, know? you don't know my past. <laughs> you don't know the things I've done and the places I've been and you know, all these things that have happened. I'm just, I'm not good enough. You know, any of us ever heard someone say that? Maybe we even said that. I've met, perhaps have even said that. Lord, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of this, of this responsibility, of this call. You know, there must be someone else better than me. But according to these verses that we, that we have just read now, God does not, he does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. God is not looking for your perfection. <laughs> God wants you to focus on his perfection. And that immediately goes, okay, Lord, I'm sorry. I have access. We have access to these things. I'm not disqualified. Romans 5 verses 1 to 2 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> How's that for a scripture? Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we're in right standing with God because of our... If there's someone that I want to have peace with, it's with God, <laughs> right? The almighty creator of the universe who keeps us alive by his mercies, we have peace with him through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2 says, we have, we have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand. We have access by faith into this grace. No one is disqualified from receiving the promises that God has made available because of our faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We couldn't earn it, friends. We couldn't earn it. God freely provided it by his grace. And so we step into that this morning, knowing that we have access. We have, we, we have access to godly patience for life. We have access to goodness. We have access to self-control, fruit of the Spirit, Right? We have access to gentleness. We have access to perseverance, all the kingdom tools that we need to make a kingdom difference. The first step in exercising our authority as believers and living victoriously is by recognizing that we have access to, the, to these things. No one is disqualified in Christ. Secondly, we need, to, we need to apply what we have received in Jesus' name. It's one thing to know that we have access to it, right? But it's another thing to apply it. We need to not only acknowledge that we have these gifts and access them, but we also need to apply them. Friends, the world is, as I was saying just now, the world is waiting for you and me. The world is waiting for believers to exercise our authority and apply these principles. You know, perhaps you're sitting in a situation at work where 
there's some kind of disappointment or discouragement or tension between an employer and an employee or between you and a colleague or perhaps it's even at home. Maybe there's some tension in a family situation. I want you to know that the one thing you can do, as we've said just now, is acknowledge that you have access to these things. And the second thing you can do is begin to apply them. You can begin to apply those tools, and I promise you when you do, you will see transformation happen. What does it mean to apply these tools? Well, it means, unfortunately for you and me, getting around some situations that require faith. <laughs> okay, God, I need patience. I realize I've got patience. There's a situation at work. Uh, there's tension between colleagues or employees, or there's some strife in family, and he goes, cool, that's a fantastic situation in which to be patient. Go for it. Take the step. God doesn't magically just deposit this patience into your lap and, okay, Lord, thank you so much. There you go. You go and do it, and it's, and it's all done. No, God's calling us to be the agents of that change. He's calling for you and me to be the agents of that transformation by applying, putting into practice what we have access to. Amen? So in those situations this week, maybe you need to start that conversation and say, hey, you know what? Um, I believe in, in, in the power of, of uh, relationships. I believe in the power of, rec of reconciliation. I believe in the power of unity in this workplace, in this family, in this situation, whatever it is. Would you mind if I shared one or two things with you that I think will help us get there? Starting, starting a conversation like that, I know it's getting really practical this morning, but I really feel like our faith needs to intersect what we wake up to on a Monday morning. And we start, need, need to start applying these principles because that's how we're going to see the world, the world transformed, the world changed around us. We need to step into those moments, ex exercising our authority in Jesus' name and applying these principles. Imagine applying some self-control this week. Where would you want to apply some gentleness this week? Where this week needs a little bit of goodness? Where this week do we need the spiritual gift of healing? This week. Maybe a word of encouragement, maybe a prophecy for someone. Perhaps there's some area in your life this week that needs you. You felt that tension in your heart, and that's God saying, the reason you've got that tension, the reason you've got that burden is because you carry the solution to that burden. Maybe, maybe that's the place this week where God is calling us to, to do this, to exercise our, our authority in his name and see that thing happen. I've had a lot of prayer requests this last week for healing. Just saying. Perhaps, perhaps God is calling us as the church to Take the step from head information to heart revelation by putting our faith into action. And I'm confident that when we do, church, we will see what we have promised in Scripture. We will see the lame walk. We will see lives transformed. We will see reconciliation. We will see all these wonderful things that God has called us to. But he's not going to move without us. He needs you and me to take a step of faith and say, Lord, I'm available. The famous words, here I am, Lord, Send me, send me. Uh, church, this morning, um, I wanted just to maybe close uh, with a final, a final thought on this, on this point. Um, where's uh, Rob? Is he here somewhere? There we go. Rob, do you mind joining me up on the stage here quickly? Um, excuse me one second while I get to this note. It's a, it's, a, it's a final passage, and I don't know if, I don't think the guys will have it on the screen. I haven't sent it to you yet, so don't, so, so don't stress. It's from um, Ephesians chapter 1. If we think about this concept, right, uh, this concept of exercising our authority in Jesus' name and everything that, we, that I've spoken about this morning, you know, stepping out and accessing and then applying, doesn't it kind of come down to having a strong sense of identity? 
To me, it does. To me, we need to, we need to know who we are in Christ. You know, it's, it's, it's very hard to send someone out, like when Jesus was sending out His disciples, and not telling them who they are first. How many of us know that our beliefs drive our behavior? Yeah? Dealing with a, with a rebellious teenager, trying to fix the behavior, just fix the belief. The behavior takes care of itself. We know that psychological principle, right? So I feel like this whole conversation really is wrapped up in, in having a strong sense of identity and developing, cultivating a Christ-like identity. Because if we're going to step out and do these things, if we're going to be the agents of change this week, if we're going to exercise our authority this week, then we need to know not only who it is that's sending us out, but who we are. And sometimes I feel like we've allowed discouragement or circumstances around us to cloud that. I'm guilty of that, I know. Something bad happens and you, you know, start dwelling on those thoughts, you overthink things, and then very seldom, very, very, very quickly, you kind of off on this tangent and you forget who you are. That's why we ask those questions like, oh God, the devil is taking this, you know, the enemy is trying to destroy me. We've just kind of lost track. We've just gone off course a little bit. We need to just remind ourselves who we are. And uh, Ephesians, as we know, has been referred to as a Christian identity document. Wonderful passage, wonderful book. And it really, Paul really tells us who we are. He prays for you and me as the church. And I wanted to end with this verse to help us cultivate, just, just remind ourselves again of exactly who it is that we are in Christ. So that when we step out this week, it's not going to be from a place of lack. It's going to be from a place of abundance. We're not going to step out looking for acceptance from God we're going to step out from a place of acceptance by God. That's what's going to be the change. We're not going to do these things so that God would love us. We're going to do these things because He already loves us. And this is what Ephesians 1 verses 15 says, This is why, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. This is Paul praying for the church. Beautiful words. And here, and here he, he begins this wonderful prayer, which I wanted just to close with us this morning and pray it over us as a church as we consider our role in society this week. It says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That word knowledge again keeps coming. But before we know anything else, let's just, let's just know Him. Before we know our careers, before we know people around us, before we know, let's just, let's just know Him. Let's not lose our souls in the pursuit of something that we can achieve. Let's find ourselves in something we have been given. We've been given identity in Christ. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom. It's a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Play so well, Rob. Making me stumble here. I pray that the eyes of your heart, not your natural eyes, the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Why? So that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the What is the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe? 
our church. <laughs> we have the immeasurable greatness of God's power toward us. Sure. God exercised this power in Christ by raising him from the dead, seating him at the right hand in the heavens, far above every ruler and authority. There's that concept again, power and dominion, every title given, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Church, this week, please know, please know that you have the immeasurable greatness of God's power toward you. If God is for us, who can be against us? If all authority has been given to Jesus, the enemy has none. Would you stand with me as we close the service in a word of prayer, church? So I'm, I'm absolutely in love with that passage in Ephesians because it's encouraged me so many times over the years that every time I read it, it's like a, sorry, Lord, I've forgotten, you know. <laughs> I've allowed other things to get in the way and distract me, but that word says it's the immeasurable greatness of your power that's toward me. I step out as a chosen free son, man. You and me are God's favorites. So this morning, Lord, we ask that by your spirit you would renew our minds again would you as this wonderful prayer this wonderful scripture says would you enlighten the eyes of our hearts so that we would know what we have received in and through you jesus god what a privilege what a honor what a humbling thought it is to know that the immeasurable greatness of your power is toward us who believe on your name jesus thank you for your grace Thank you for your grace. Lord, it is too good to keep to ourselves. We cannot just receive this and not do anything with it. And so this week we commit ourselves to exercising our authority, stepping out as kingdom citizens to see the world around us transformed. Father, this news is too good to keep to ourselves. We have to share it. Holy Spirit, thank you that we have access to everything we need for life and godliness in you. Would you give us courage to apply those things this week? Spiritual gifts, Father, spiritual tools for a spiritual purpose. Lord, we don't want people just to experience you. We want people to have an encounter with you. That's what brings lasting transformation. And we pray that even as we have encountered you in a fresh way this morning, we would see other people encounter you and leave changed this week. We commit ourselves to serving you. Father, and we thank you so much that your word is our light and we pray that it would guide our steps. And would your mercy be the power that protects us, Father, and your spirit, the truth that instructs us. We live our lives in honor and glory to your name. And in your wonderful name we pray, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Church, can we give God a shout of praise this morning and worship? Um...